Welcome to Biz Help For You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. There always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here is your host, Candy Messer. Hello, and welcome to Biz Help For You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, using video to grow your business, informative. If you were unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, a link is located under the episode directory on my Voice America page, as well as links for iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at abandp.com. Now let's learn a little bit about our guest today. Vera Jimenez is an award-winning meteorologist at KTLA 5 News in Los Angeles, California. She works on the newscast Monday through Friday for the 6, 10, and 11 p.m. news. Among several awards and recognitions, she has won three Emmys and three Golden Mics. She's worked on television for almost 20 years, all in Southern California. In addition to KTLA, she also worked at ABC and CBS. She and her husband were part owners of a restaurant for over five years before selling it. After experiencing the challenging business climate in California, Vera decided to take her passion for health and fitness and switch from a brick and mortar to a click and order health and wellness business. Vera's family moved to Southern California from Mexico when she was three years old. They settled in Garden Grove, California. She went to community college, then on to state schools in California and Mississippi for her degree and certification. Vera is also a member of the Redondo Beach, California Rotary Club. So Vera, welcome to the show. Hi, Candy. Thank you for having me. Well, I was so excited that you were willing to be a guest. I know you have been doing, you know, a lot, like we mentioned here in your bio, with KTLA, meteorologist, um, but I knew you had also started a business, and I thought the topic of being an entrepreneur while having a career would be a fabulous topic to have. Um, so before we get into actually answering some questions around that, I would love for you to tell me a little bit more about yourself and how you actually decided to pursue entrepreneurship while having a full-time career. Uh, You know, I think that really is just a dream that I had. I thought that my dream was to have a restaurant, to own a restaurant. I started saving for the restaurant when I was 17, almost 18, and I thought that that was the dream. And when the dream came true and we had the restaurant, you know, with my husband and three other partners, and um, we had it for five and a half years, and once we decided that it was time to to sell it, um, to sell the lease and move on, I realized that it just wasn't about having the restaurant, even though I loved it and it was a passion and I loved cooking and I loved being in the kitchen and I loved the service industry. It was really more about entrepreneurship and that was the dream. And Mm -hmm. as you mentioned in my bio, my family moved here from Mexico when I was very little and I was three years old and I think that we all have dreams and then there's like the American dream and my Mm -hmm. mom's American dream was to own a house where she could retire and not have to worry about being a burden to her children and because my mom was a single parent my dad died when I was 
really little when I was a baby and she never remarried. And so now that I look back and, you know, at the ripe old age of, you know, 47, looking back now, I realize that the real dream was not just owning a restaurant, but it was entrepreneurship. It was about coming to a country that offers you endless possibilities and that allows you the opportunity to do and to be and to become whatever it is that you want to if you stay focused, if you, if you, if you do the steps, if you do the work, you can get there. And I think that that's what I love about entrepreneurship, that that is my American dream. It's being self-sufficient. It's not being tied and not having to rely on someone else for a paycheck. Now, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I love my paycheck and I love right. working at KTLA. And, you know, that's a phenomenal job in and of itself. And I'm blessed every day to have it. And I do not take it for granted. But, you know, all, I think we all have, you know, a little dream in the back of our head, right? Right. You could have a full-time job. You could have, you know, the, a great house that you live in. But you have your dream house. You have your dream job. You have your dream vehicle. You have your dream whatever it is. And so in addition to this, fantastic, wonderful job that I don't take for granted and that I love doing every night. Um, I had my little, I had my dream in the back of my head and inside my heart. And that's, that's what this is about. Right. And I think that what you were just starting to talk about leads into the second question that I had for you, which would be, you know, why would someone, you know, consider leaving their career to become an entrepreneur? And I hear the passion that you were just talking about. Um, But do you have anything else, you know, regarding why someone might decide to leave that, like you said, that guaranteed paycheck, that kind of guaranteed schedule, nine to five. Why would someone want to do that to become an entrepreneur? So many reasons. So many reasons. Um, let's just start off with flexibility. Depending on what, okay, so when I was at the restaurant, when we were at the restaurant, that didn't offer much flexibility. And that was one of the reasons why I thought, oh my gosh, you know, I love the restaurant. I love being here. But just in terms of flexibility while you're working a full-time job and you're at the restaurant, it's really difficult. I would go in there before I came into work and, you know, sometimes I'd be sweeping floors and buffing tables and people would kind of look at me like, wait a minute, what's going on here? You're the lady Mm -hmm. on the news and now you're (laughs) buffing tables, (laughs) you know? Uh, So it was just, it was always kind of funny. So, you know, I realized that that wasn't offering me the freedom that I wanted And when I found this online business, I started to realize and to find some of that freedom. Um, Another reason, so flexibility, another reason someone might pursue an entrepreneurial, you know, path is because there is a certain amount of money that's allocated for people's positions. You know, once you read, you know, you're an accountant, you know, there's like a budget for this, there's a budget for this, there's a budget for this. When you work for someone, you are basically part of someone's budget. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you, you, you reach that maximum budget and then that's it. And then your growth is done. Right. And so, you know, and so when you work for yourself, you get to determine what that ceiling is or if there's a ceiling because it's based on your effort and it's based on your work. Mm -hmm. So those are just a couple of reasons why you would pursue entrepreneurship. The other reason is that you get to decide who you work with. 
because you're the one hiring and firing or you're the one bringing in business partners. You're the one picking your clients. You get to decide who you work with as opposed to when you work a nine to five or you work for, you know, XYZ corporation, you get the job and you don't have any say. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, so there's also freedom, freedom in that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was going to say, I know there's a lot of reasons to consider, you know, entrepreneurship, especially when you're going to do it on the side of a job. If you have to maintain your career, you know, to be able to start entrepreneurship yeah. and, you know, when is the right time to leave one or the other. Um, but it's also scary to start over again. So do you want to touch on what that was like? You had a career and now here you are going to start as an entrepreneur. Uh, you're right. It's very, very scary. Um but I think um, my fear of not pursuing and living with the what if mm-hmm. was greater than my fear of failing. Mm-hmm. That's good. And, <laughs> I, you know, I think, I think that's, for me, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. It was, and there were a lot of scary things, especially in the business that I'm in. You know, I'm in social marketing. I'm in direct sales. I'm in multi-level marketing. I'm in all of these things that people aren't necessarily always quick to embrace. And when you say multi-level marketing, people look at you like you're a little bit odd. Like, why would you choose to do that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that a big part of people looking at you that way is that they don't understand the business model. They've heard a lot of things, but they've never actually studied it and they've never actually looked into it to really understand what it is and how the model works. And to be quite truthful, I'm sure that there's been companies out there that have done things to perpetuate that that thought. Right. And so you can't blame people your job is to either accept the fact that people are going to look at you a little bit funny and wonder why you're doing it, or if the people that you are around and the people that you're talking to and sharing this, you know, this side hustle with, whatever it may be, if you find that they're worth the time, then you take the time to explain to people why you would do something like this. And right. if they understand it, great, and if they don't, you move on. Right. Well, I think it's good to point out here, too, you know, you had your career or you still have your career, actually, but you started in entrepreneurship in a totally different industry and a totally different model. And now you're doing something else. So it's okay if you are going to become an entrepreneur and you try something and you decide maybe that's not exactly what you wanted to try something else. And it doesn't mean you failed at all or anything. It just means that's not really what you want to do anymore. And I think, you know, maybe you could touch on that, too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the, um, you're so right about that. Uh, you know, we were open for five and a half years, and most businesses fail in the first year. Most restaurants fail. Like, I think the statistics when my husband and I were talking about opening or being part of this partnership and opening the restaurant was, you know, I remember the conversation was very short, and I said, you do realize that nine out of 10 restaurants go out of business in the first year. And all he said was, yep, mm-hmm. you know? And so, but we managed to stay open 
for me, staying open beyond a year and knowing the statistics was a huge success. The fact that we managed to stay open five and a half years was a success as well. Um, mm-hmm. I would not not open another restaurant. My husband won't open another restaurant. I just don't think that California, for me, is the right place to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just it's, To me, it doesn't make sense. So even though, yes, we did sell after five and a half years, the lessons that I learned, everything that I took away from, you know, whether it was learning how to read a, you know, a, a spreadsheet that talks about, you know, cost of goods to, you know, understanding how to properly bus a table to mm-hmm. learning how to, you know, work with people that you may not always want to work with. But all the personal development and all the things that you learn as an entrepreneur, even if it doesn't end up being what you expected it to be, are priceless. Right. Those are That's lessons so true. that you cannot put a price on. So what would you, you know, say to someone if they're currently working, you know, and they want to start entrepreneurship, how would they talk to their employer about, you know, this, I'm going to kind of do this on the side and, you know, just to be kind of on the up and up, you know, what would you tell them, you know, to prevent any problems? You have to be upfront and you have to be straightforward because, especially if you like what you do like I do, if you don't like your job and you don't really care, you should still have that conversation with them. But just know that there is a risk that they may say, you know, you either do that or you do this. I'm very fortunate in that I love and respect my job. I, I respect the people that I work with, that I work for and that I work with. And for me, I didn't want to jeopardize that. I didn't want to jeopardize my full-time job nor did I want to risk the, the possibility of starting off on a bad foot with this new venture. I mm-hmm. wanted to make sure that there wasn't going to be any negative distraction, that there wasn't going to be any worry, that there wasn't going to be anything that would prevent this from, you know, going forward. And not only that, but the last thing you want to do is you don't want to invest time effort and obviously capital to start a business and then to have to shut it down abruptly because your employer is saying, you never talked to us about this. We would have never said okay to this. Now you've got to choose. It's either that or it's that. It's either this or that. And now you're in a position where you are having to, you know, stress out about making a choice that, could have been preventable and it's also a waste, you know, because you don't get time and you certainly like money you can always make, but the time and the effort and the energy and the things that you sacrifice to get a business off the ground, depending on what kind of business, if it's a brick and mortar, it is, it could be hundreds of thousands of dollars like it right. was with the restaurant. Um, but if you have an online business, like I now do, uh, it could be a minimal startup. But it doesn't matter because it's still, you know, time, energy, and treasure that you're wasting. And so if you just start off clean, you have the conversation with your employer, everyone is in the up and up, there's no surprises, there's nothing weird going on, you are just you're good to go and you can sleep at night 
knowing that you've had the conversation and all is well. And ultimately, that's what you want. You want at least distractions that are going to take you away from the ultimate goal. Right. And I think the only issue I would see, you know, potentially with telling an employer, you know, what you're doing is if you're doing the same job basically on your own and they're afraid there's a conflict of interest, but you are doing something totally different. And a lot of people, Mm -hmm. you know, may be doing something totally different. Right. But but see, this is why you have that conversation because Mm -hmm. you might not think that it's a conflict of interest, but your employer might think it's a conflict of interest. So this is why no matter what, you always want to have that conversation uh, first and Mm -hmm. foremost. Because mm-hmm. you don't want any surprises. Right. Yeah, and they'll appreciate your honesty up front, too. And there's times that, again, it, depending on the situation, this may not be like the exact, you don't want to necessarily tell them right away or something, too. But you want to have as honest of a conversation as possible. So, uh, mm-hmm. but that's a great tip. Exactly. So, believe it or not, it's actually time to take a break. So, when we come back, we're going to continue to chat with Vera about building a business while working a full-time job. You're listening to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer on Voice America Internet Radio. We'll be right back after this brief commercial break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. You are listening to Biz Help for You. 
If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abnp.com. That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to BizHelp for You. Welcome back to BizHelp for You with Candy Messer. In the last segment, Vera Jimenez told us about her background and how she got into entrepreneurship while working in a full-time career. Now let's continue our discussion. So Vera, we had to take a break while we were talking on the last uh, segment about the telling your employer. And so what would you tell someone if the employer says, you know, I don't really like that you want to do this. It is a conflict with your position. You know, if, if that situation comes up, instead of just deciding that you don't want to do this, if you really truly do want to move forward and, you know, this is what's in your heart to do, then I would suggest, you know, it's just think of it as an opportunity to develop your plan to pivot just because you can't do it now while you're in the full-time job, then perhaps maybe it gives you enough time to save some more capital, to do a little bit more research, maybe to leave that job and find another one that will allow you to still have some income coming in while your, you know, while your little side hustle takes form. And, um, and it's just a matter of pivoting. It just, just think of it as you're buying yourself a little bit more time to get ready for your entrepreneurial you know, path. Mm-hmm. So what would you tell someone if they know they're currently working in a career, but they really want to be an entrepreneur, but they're not sure like what type of industry, you know, or business to have, what would you suggest for them to determine, you know, what that business might be? It, that takes a lot of soul searching. Uh, it, it, first of all, you have to determine what kind of industry you want to go in. And it's probably something that you have some knowledge in. You know, if, if you're young and you have a lot of time and you can, you know, afford to, to, you know, jump in and jump out, then that's a different story. But if you happen to be someone who's more my age and, you know, is now looking towards retirement and not, you know, venturing on a bunch of different entrepreneurial experiences then I think you need to determine, you know, what industry you want to focus on, how much knowledge you have, what it is that's attracting you to a particular line of business. For me, I've always been into health and wellness. I've always been into exercising. And I happened to find a company that aligned with my, with my, um, health goals that aligned with my views on the planet and that allowed me flexibility and the ability to focus on developing myself as an entrepreneur. Uh And so I think it's just looking at the things that you want to get out of the business because, you know, of course we all want to make money because we have to eat and we have to pay rent. So that's, goes without saying. But in addition to that, you want to be satisfied and you want to be fulfilled as you do that because if you're unhappy being an entrepreneur, doing something that you hate but it brings in a lot of money, how does that feed your soul? What, how is that going to 
you know, continue to feed that fire within you to grow the business and to want to be a, a, a better um, leader to the team that you have or that you're building? How does that help you serve your customers? So you want to bring the best that you can to this entrepreneurial experience. And so with that, it's not just about the money, but finding a balance of something that is going to give you the money that is going to, you know, take care of your obvious physical needs, but also, you know, have a company that feeds your soul so that uh-huh. you continue to feel um, stimulated and, you know, grateful to be able to do this and to help the people that you're helping because ultimately you want to create, you want to be a problem solver for someone so that they seek your services. Correct. Right. That's so true. Right. That's because you need to have that demand for your services so that they'll be purchasing Mm -hmm. from you and you can have a successful business. So what would you tell someone about what type of education or personal development or leadership skills that they would need if they want to start down the path of entrepreneurship? Uh, Let's see. I think to begin with, you have to have passion. I would much rather have, I would much rather work with someone that has passion and maybe not as much knowledge Mm -hmm. because you can always teach people skills, you can always share knowledge, people can always educate themselves, but that drive, that passion that comes from within, that, that thing that comes from their heart, you can't give that to someone. Someone right. either has it or doesn't. And you know what? And I, I'm, I'm not going to say that you can't find it along the way. If you happen to stumble upon something that you really like, Maybe you can develop that passion for it. Maybe you can develop, you know, if you've never worked with people and all of a sudden you realize that, wow, you really like helping people, this may be a really great thing. You may be able to develop that passion. But, um, but in terms of education, I think, you know, do, do I think that you need a formal education, a business degree? No. Is it helpful for you to have one? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know how to read a spreadsheet? Absolutely you do. But if you don't, it's okay because these are things that you can learn as right. you go. I had a passion for the restaurant business. I wasn't sure that I knew how to read my, you know, cost on good sheet, but I tell you what, I sure did learn it. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> so know? true. I, I agree. You don't have to have that formal education all the time. There's plenty of entrepreneurs who have started that, you know, didn't have that, you know, four-year degree. Or some might not have even been high school graduates even, you know. And so I don't think that formal education is as important. But in some areas, for sure, you need to have some of that background. Yeah, absolutely. And if you can, you know, the other thing, too, is, you know, you can always find a mentor. Mm-hmm. You know, that, may, that will teach you those things. Just remember that when you find a mentor, when you ask somebody to mentor you, you have to bring something to the table as well. Mm-hmm. You can't depend on your mentor to just give, give, give. It's not a one-way street. If you're going to ask somebody to mentor you, you have to bring something to the table. Otherwise, that mentor is going to be like, okay, I'm done, done, and done. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only That's so much you can, there's only so mm-hmm. much you can give. And so when you don't have that formal education, but you just say, well, you know, 
I'm, I'll find a mentor. And that's a great path to go. But just keep in mind that that mentorship is a two-way street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fab- fabulous, you know, information, too. Because I think a lot of times people think, too, well, people aren't going to want to share information with me if they're in the same industry because I see it as competition. But that's not the case. A lot of times people do, you know, want to help others along. But at the same time, mm-hmm. if they're running their own companies and have a lot of things, you know, time might be tough. So if you do know that you could do something to help them as well, I think that's a great way to look at it, too. So I know, obviously, when you had your restaurant, you had a a large capital investment, you know, that was required to start Mm -hmm. your business. Do you want to touch on, you know, the type of capital investments you need in certain businesses versus, you know, maybe like the health and wellness that you were able to start doesn't require as much of a capital investment? Oh, yes, absolutely. So, you know, when you're looking at these business options, you know, they're obviously you have to put a business plan together. So now you're looking at, you know, not just the lease, not just, you know, the cost of goods, not just supplies, not just employees. You're looking at, you know, insurance for, you know, for the business. You're looking at, are you going to provide insurance for your employees? You're looking at, are you going to have delivery vehicles and do those, vehicles need insurance. And by the way, if you are, now you've got to pay for the vehicle and you also have to pay for the fuel for the vehicle. So you're looking at all of these different costs. And so, yes, in terms of a brick and mortar business, and not just a brick and mortar business, but, you know, any business, those are the things that you have to analyze and you have to come up with a realistic plan. And remember, when you start a business, it's kind of like when you add on a bathroom to your house, it's going to cost you (laughs) $500 when you start, but by the end of the construction, that bathroom now just went from $500 to Mm $2,500, you know, right? Right. It's it's the same thing when you're starting a business, you know, you have to make sure that you budget for that brick and mortar because, you know, things are going to, you know, for example, for us, it was like, oh, we had a perfectly good sink, but now there's a clog, so now I've got to call a plumber. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Those those sorts of things are the things that, you know, will just nickel and dime you to death when you have a brick and mortar. There are multiple, multiple businesses that you can start online that don't call for such a large capital investment. The one that I happen to have is um, actually a very small capital investment. You know, it's the cost of your membership. Candy, is it okay if I share or not share? You can share if you like. Mm -hmm. Sure. So, for example, to become a consultant with Arbonne, it's $29. And there is no... initial capital investment that you have to make if you don't want to. It's recommended that you do, but that that recommendation is really based on what you're going to consume, what you want to sample out, and what you want to put out. When I first started my, you know, health and wellness business with Arbonne, I paid the independent consultant fee, which is $49, plus the product that I used for that month. And then I realized, wow, I really like this and I want to share it, so now I'm going to buy more product. There Uh wasn't any auto ship that I had to worry about. 
There wasn't any minimum purchase that I had to make. There wasn't a monthly minimum purchase. Those are the things that I found attractive about this company for me. And again, there are multiple companies out there that do things differently. This was just what attracted me to this, not just the products that I was consuming that I really enjoyed and loved the results of, but then that there wasn't, I didn't feel like it was a big risk. There was no risk in my eyes. Right. And I think it's good that you were talking about the different types of capital investment and be prepared to actually have a budget, but realize you're going to spend more. I tell that to people all the time. You know, if you're going to come up with a budget, then I usually say increase your expenses and decrease the income that you think you're going to have. And then maybe you're closer to what reality is going to be because, you know, that's generally the case is things usually cost more. You have some unexpected expenses and income doesn't start, you know, as much as you think it's going to be. So that that's always my tip to, you know, just kind of slash the income and, you know, maybe double your expenses at first. And if it, it's not as bad as that, then you're better off. But at least you've planned for that uh, because that's really exactly. important. Because like you said, so many businesses go out even in the first year because they just don't have the right you know, cash flow. They haven't planned for how much they're really going to need. So exactly. I know you talked about, about having about partners when you open your brick and mortar. I would love for you to touch on, you know, how do you decide if you should have partners, if you should do it on your own, what would you recommend? Well, I think if we're going to do a brick and mortar, and again, you know, we were in a restaurant. So, you know, we had capital to invest because we didn't take out loans to fund mm-hmm. this restaurant. All of the four partners, the, the partnership that came into this, um, all came in with cash to start the restaurant. Mm. So, you know, right, because it's very difficult to get a business loan for a restaurant. It's mm-hmm, very true. difficult. In fact, it's, it's, it's challenging for most people to get, you know, a, a business loan. There's, you know, the Small Business Loan Administration. There are avenues to do that and there are ways to do that. But just remember that when you're applying for a loan, they want to see some collateral. Right. 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 That's just the way it is. It's 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 like anything. When you when you're getting a loan, maybe not for a mortgage because people know that you're buying a house, but they but your collateral essentially is your good credit. You know the fact that you're employed, that you've been there for a while. When you're applying for a business loan, nine times out of ten, you are asked for collateral in case something happens. You need to be right. able to pay that loan back, and so um, so you know. If you're going into a business that is going to require a lot of capital, then maybe you do want to consider business partners because you may not be able to get a business loan and you may not have all the money that you need on hand to do it because, Candy, this goes back to exactly what you just said. Businesses live and die on cash flow. Mm-hmm. They do. If you don't have the cash for unexpected expenses, that can kill you. That can kill your business. And so if you don't have $2 million to open up a restaurant and to sustain you for the first six months, then you are probably going to either A, need to bring in business partners 
or maybe wait until you save up more money so that you do have that pillow, so that you do have that cushion when you need it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, one of the things that I learned was that while I was thankful to have the partners and I, we couldn't have done it without the partners, like I think we all needed each other to, to, to do this and to stay open for five and a half years, um, even in a small partnership with four, it's challenging mm-hmm. because everybody yeah. has their own ideas. Everyone has their own input. Everyone sees the world through their eyes, which may not be the way that you see the world. Mm-hmm. So imagine a partnership of, you know, five, ten. That yeah. gets even more complicated. <laughs> Yeah, it gets more and more complicated the more that you have in there. That's a whole other thing of, you know, just dealing with, like you say, you're talking more about the capital, but just having those partners and, you know, who's in charge or who has what position. That's a whole other topic that we won't even talk today about, but is important to really discuss at some point. But but it's important. Exactly. So if you're, so, so here's just a very, very simple way to, I think, look at it. If you are looking to be an entrepreneur because you want to be your own boss and you don't want someone telling you what to do or you don't want to have to delegate or share that power or just not even the power. It's not even about power. It's about if you don't want to have to share the day-to-day operations of Mm -hmm. running this business, then maybe a partnership is not the best thing for you. Right. That's so true. Someone but if you're someone who likes to delegate and likes to say, look, this is okay and this is what I want to do, but I know nothing about creating recipes, but you're really good at that, as long as that is written explicitly in the contract of the partnership, in the partnership documents, then, you know, that could have some conflict. So if you are going to have partners, there needs to be specific language and verbiage in the agreement of the partnership as to who is going to handle what and what is going to be done. Because exactly. otherwise, it, it can turn into, it can, that in and of itself can kill the business. Right. That's so important. Um, It's actually time to take another quick break. So we are going to continue our discussion with Vera Jimenez on building a business while you're working your full-time job as soon as we come back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. 
Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. You are listening to BizHelp for You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abandp.com. That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to BizHelp for You. Welcome back to BizHelp for You with Candy Messer. Today I'm chatting with Vera Jimenez, and let's continue our discussion about being an entrepreneur while working a full-time job. So, Vera, I would love to know, how do you make time to run a business while you're in a career? Uh, well, full disclosure, I don't have any children. I have a four-legged baby. I have a fur <laughs> baby. Isn't that what we call them these days? Uh, so, you know, I, I just, I think it's the passion. The, the passion that you have for the business, the passion that you have for an entrepreneur to to become an entrepreneur is what will help you carve out the time. Because the truth is we all have the same 24 hours in a day, right? Uh-huh. That's so true. What, what matters is how you choose to spend those 24 hours. So uh-huh. you can spend those 24 hours at a full-time job working for someone else, making someone else's fortune or making someone else's dreams come true, And then you can go home and sit in front of the TV and think about being your own boss, or you can turn the TV off and take that extra 20 minutes, that extra 30 minutes, that extra hour that you have at night to work on your business plan, to work on developing your relationships, to educating yourself, to personal growth that will help you get you know, through those difficult times. So we all have 24 hours in a day. It's just a matter of 
choosing how you spend those 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a great point. So in that vein, then, how do you find the customers for your new business? Yeah, you know, when you're a people person, and, you know, when I was, when we had the restaurant, I used to go to networking events. Mm-hmm. Networking events, whether they were Chamber of Commerce networking events, whether they were they were BNI networking events, whatever kind of networking events that I was invited to, because people will always invite you to networking events. As long as you keep that in mind and you show up and you come present and you come prepared, one of the things that I learned in these networking groups, no matter what kind they were, were having a 30-second speech ready because mm-hmm. there's always going to be a round table and you're always going to be sitting with a group of people and at some point or another, you're going to have to introduce yourself and you don't want them to get to you and you go, um, my name is, um, my name is, um, <laughs> my business is, um, so right. yeah, uh, you, you don't want to do that. You want to have your 30-second speech ready. Every day when I would go to these networking events, I would write out my little 30-second elevator pitch before I went. And then as I drove from my house to the event, I would practice it in the car. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Sometimes it came out perfect and sometimes it didn't. But I at least had some idea of what I was going to say when they got to me. Right. And That's I good. think that that's just part of the being prepared. You know, if you are going to invest time and energy into starting a business and being an entrepreneur, the most important thing you need to have prepared is either a 30 second speech or a one minute speech to be able to share your business, to be able to tell someone what it is that you have to offer. Because if people don't know what you have to offer, how do they know if they want to buy or not? Right. That's so true. Yep. And then as you start, you know, going to those network events that you talked about, you'll develop relationships with people and they'll want to help you in your business too, or they'll find someone who needs what you're offering and they can connect you. And so it's really developing those relationships as well. Yes. And, you know, one last thing about networking events And, you know, you can network everywhere. It doesn't have to be at a formal networking event. It could be at a dinner party. It could Mm -hmm. be at a dog park. It could be at a beat. It could be anywhere. One of the things that you have to remember is that when you're networking, it's not about expecting someone to buy immediately. Because think about it. You want to do business with people that you like and trust, right? Mm -hmm. And unless you need something right now, unless you need your car fixed right now and there's an emergency and you're just going to go to the first auto shop you can find, you want to build rapport. You want to know that you can trust someone before you buy from them. Right. And the other thing is think about bringing value to them. Think about being a connector. Think about, oh, you know what? Candy has an accounting practice and I just met somebody that is looking for a new accountant. I know somebody hey, Susie, you're looking for a new accountant. I don't know if Candy will be the right person for you, but here's her number. I uh-huh. know her. This is how I know her. Boom. Now you've connected her. Now Candy, or, or now both Candy and your new friend Jane are going to go, wow, okay, well, that was really nice of her. Now uh-huh. if 
I, if someone's looking for a 30 days to healthy living program or someone's looking for skincare that is anti-aging, I'm going to remember Vera and I'm right. going to refer my friends to Vera. And that's, that's how it works. And the other thing about networking events is keep going because you don't build a relationship with one visit. You build relationships over time. Right. Yes. And it could take a while. So don't think, you know, I was, I was there a month and, you know, nothing happened. You know, that's, that's okay. Mm-hmm. So actually, I wanted to ask you then, too, how do you stay the course when things get hard? Uh, um, well, d- discipline is one of them. Mm-hmm. Because discipline is doing the things on a regular, consistent basis, even when you don't have the motivation to do them, even when you don't want to do them. And there's a quote about this, and there's some, you know, really bright person that said this, and I'm just basically paraphrasing what they said, but I think that's part of it. The other part of it is, remember that why that we were talking about at the beginning of your show? Mm-hmm. You have to have a big enough reason why you're doing this. Right. Because there are going to be days when you're tired, and you're frustrated, and you feel like no one is biting, no one is showing up, no one is calling me back, nothing is going right, you have to remember that this is just one day, and that tomorrow you have a brand new opportunity to do it all over again, and you have a, you don't know who's going to come into your life tomorrow that's going to need exactly what you have. And Mm -hmm. so you have to remember that these are just small moments in time. Right. And so having a why and I think being disciplined are the two biggest the two biggest things that I think are important about staying the course even when you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very important. And I think also just having a support system is really important too because there yeah. are going to be times where you're just really down and especially if you're doing it on your own where you can go to those friends or, you know, business associates who've kind of been there and done that and understand and, you know, you can mm-hmm. just be like, what would you do in this situation? Or just, you know, they would allow you to vent and be there to support you. I think that's important as well. Yeah, really important. And you know what else too, Candy, really quick while I was thinking about this? You know, not everyone is going to see your vision and not everyone is going to understand what you're doing. And just because they don't understand and they don't see your vision, it doesn't mean that your vision isn't right. It Mm -hmm. just means that they don't have your vision. And so instead of staying in this community or staying with this group or sharing your ideas and your passion and your enthusiasm with this group or with this person that doesn't get it, Go find somebody that does get it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, we're actually almost to the end of the show, and I want to give you the opportunity to share any offer that you have with our listeners. Oh, thank you. Yes, absolutely. Um, through the end of July, Arbon International is waiving the preferred client membership. It's an annual membership for $29, and through the end of July, they're waiving it. So if you're interested in you know, one of our products or any of our products through the month of July with a qualifying volume order, you can waive that fee. And if you're interested in starting a business with Arbonne International, 
uh, the $49 consultant registration fee is reduced to $25. So if anyone is out there that is interested or would just like to chat about it, explore it, maybe talk about it, I would be more than happy to chat with them. Uh, they can connect me, and you have all the ways of connecting with me. And actually, why don't you just say really quickly how they can find you, um, whether it's social media or an email or phone number or something, really quickly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. On social media, Instagram is probably the easiest way. It's Vera, V-E-R-A, my last name, Jimenez, J-I-M-E-N-E-Z TV. Vera Jimenez TV on Instagram. On Facebook, I'm at Vera Jimenez.10. And on Twitter, I'm Vera KTLA. And all of my accounts are verified with a check mark. So if there isn't a blue check mark next to the name, it's not me. Oh, good point. Because I know sometimes there are a few people who have some issues with that. So um, thanks yeah. for sharing that too. So I just want to thank you, Vera, for being the guest on my show today. This has been a great topic. I hope you know you found this enjoyable too. And I'm sure the listeners did. I did. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be here with you. And I, um, I, anytime you want to chat, you know where to find me. <laughs> Sounds great. Uh, so to the listeners, I hope you found this topic interesting and that it answered some questions about building a business while you're working a full-time job. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Vera at the links that she shared, or you can send us a message at media at a b a n d. P.com. That's media at abandp.com. Would you please share the show information with those you know? I'd really appreciate your support. Next week's topic is how to get started in business, the essentials you need to succeed. I hope you can join us for this presentation. And please remember you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, and my website, again, www.abandp.com. Links can be found on my Voice America page as well. Remember to tune in each Tuesday at 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you can't join us for the live show, you can find the episode saved on the business channel on voiceamerica.com or find the podcast posted on iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening to BizHelp for You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a terrific week.